The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you in your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. However you choose to reach out to us, please be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. Today's episode is titled, Trusting Your Inner Guidance. When we first get into recovery, we learn we need a higher power in order to grow and change. But once we've found something that works for us, even temporarily, we must learn how to rely on and be guided by this power. And in doing so, we can... We find we can live with a new confidence. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on learning to trust our higher power in all things. Yeah, so I was trying to think back a little bit about what it was like before I had this higher power on board that I could trust and whose guidance I could seek. And, um, you know, what I just remember is um, not, not knowing quite what to do, not knowing how to navigate my life and my future, feeling like I had to figure things out myself, feeling like there was some, there was some correct answer that I was supposed to figure out and I didn't know how to figure it out and I felt like I could make a mistake. Now I see things in a totally different way. Like there's no mistakes, you know. Um, But before I had this idea that there was something I was supposed to be doing because my uh, early sobriety coincided with um, right after I had finished graduate school and was trying to figure out my next steps and such. And, you know, feeling like there was some secret, I was, there was some secret correct answer I was supposed to figure out. And I, didn't know how to figure it out. So that was not a good feeling, right? Because it was like, I could totally mess up by doing the wrong thing, you know, and I didn't have the tools. So I can remember when I finished um, college being totally lost, had no idea what to do next. Like 
I went to see this like special career counselor person and I just had no idea what to do with my life and I didn't have the tools to figure that out. I didn't have any spiritual grounding. I had no spiritual practice, no belief in a higher power. So that's scary. That's a really scary way to live, you know, and I can remember being terrified, like, what am I going to do? So, you know, then when I got sober and I, and I came to believe in this power greater than myself, it was like, wow, I don't have to figure this all out myself. Like I can turn to this, this power greater than myself, which is also a power that is within me. It's within me and without me. And I can ask for guidance and then I can just relax and know that I am being guided. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like this process of the third step of turning things over. And then after I have done the third step on whatever the thing is, trusting that whatever begins to unfold is part of that guidance. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, that I think that can be the hard a... part. <laughs> yeah. To me, that's the hard part. I mean, the, what did you say again? Trusting that whatever, whatever begins to unfold. Of... Yeah. Or whatever presents itself. Then I assume that that is, you know, that that's the answer to my, my request for guidance. Yeah. I started where you did, you know, very self-sufficient seemingly self-sufficient you know right. I, I didn't I didn't see that as any kind of negative thing that was my preferred way of being in the world right. it was just you know the only way that I uh, really wanted to you know as an as an introvert interactions with the world with other people or whatever have a cost associated with them um, and I would always happily avoid unnecessary interactions. Now, all introverts who are listening to me know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you extroverts are going, what? Don't worry about it. Uh, you don't have this issue. But for we, we introverts do have it. Social interactions have a cost, a price, if you will, internal, you know, emotional, physical toll that we can mm -hmm. feel. And so, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but that caused me to try to avoid things. That's why, you know, I, I joke now and, and I, I'm much better now about getting out in the world. I would say I manage it. You know, I don't hide at home all the time um, anymore like I used to. And I'm far better at working with others and much more willing to ask for help. And, you know, this has gotten a whole lot better. But starting way back when, before I had any concept of a higher power, it was just me. And I had to figure everything out. And like you, I was afraid I was going to get it wrong. Yep. You know, what if I get the wrong answer, make the wrong choice? You know, and that's that's hard to that's hard to shake over time. But anyway, you know, people who are not introverts say, oh, let's go. We're going to go over there and talk to meet these people. And I'm like, people you don't know. Right. People you don't know. Why <laughs> would you do that? I That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Let's talk to people we don't know. Let's not. Talk to people <laughs> <who> don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, like I said, I'm getting better. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about like I kind of wish. Well, there's a lot of things I wish that my parents had taught me, but um, I wish that they had instilled in me a confidence in my own ability to make decisions, but not not from the place we're talking about. That like of my own, you know, just me making this decision, but 
that they had instilled in me that I had an inner guide. They didn't even have to call it God. They could just call it my own inner guide. Um, or, you know, or, or, or telling me like, um, you know, you'll know the right thing to do or something. And so I find often that I give to other people what I, what I wish had been given to me. And so often, well, not that people seek my advice that often, but sometimes they do. And, you know, I'll, I'll give them some suggestions of how they might go about things, but I always try to say, I, I know that you'll do what's best for you. I know that you have an inner guide that you have all the answers inside of you. And, um, that it's not going to steer you wrong. I think I said that to someone not that long ago. And, and I realized that I say that because that's what I wish that I had had instilled in me, you know? And so, but it's not me, it's my higher self, right? And this is what we teach and what I believe today is, like I say, this higher power is both within me and without me and meaning outside of me, all around me. Um, and And so, it's not an external power. It's a both and, right? It's, it's both external and internal. Um, and, and that is, you know, it's an, so it can be called an inner guide. Sometimes we talk about it as the higher power. Sometimes we talk about it as our inner divinity, um, our higher self, but, um, believing, you know, believing that I, it would have been nice that I, had I been taught to believe that I could trust my own my own intuition, my own inner guide. Um, and so I try to, I try to help other people develop that, you know? Yeah, that, that is it. You know, trust your instincts even could be it or mm-hmm. trust your gut, trust your gut feeling. Like you said, forget about um, anything called God. We can call it that. And it, and it, it gets at it pretty well. And I'm thinking back, you know, I feel like that, that I did have that. I don't know where exactly that I got it, but I I did have a, a sense of uh, intuition and I know what's right, but I just didn't believe or trust it. You know, that, that was the thing that my mind would then fuss with. Like, mm-hmm. are you sure? What if I'm wrong? You know, yeah. back into that whole afraid of making a mistake instead of saying, well, if it's my gut instinct and it feels this particular way that 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 feels, then I know that I can trust it in all as well. I was missing that. I know I can trust it in all as well part. Right. Because, you know, to me, it was just my instinct. It was not, um, I didn't have the concept that it was somehow connected to a larger consciousness, right? No, 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 um, you know, ground of being nothing that I might call God, no concept of a collective consciousness or divine consciousness or anything like that that we right. have in unity. And so in a way I was onto it, but th- didn't know part of my experience in recovery and then on the spiritual growth journey is just learning what things are, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, now I know what that is and I have yeah. a name for it and it fits into my worldview in a particular way. That's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Even though I had it before, I just didn't know what it was. You know, it's like, yeah. if I have a in my garage, I have a, a toolbox full of tools. If I don't know where they fit in and what to do, what, what's the use of having them? Right. But when I do know where they fit in, and that's what 12-step spiritual principles and unity spiritual principles have helped me to learn when I do exactly. know how they fit in, then, I, then I'm then i not, it's not just me. 
even if I'm right. still an introvert, even if I'm still, you know, not quickly reaching out to others to talk about whatever's going on with me, it's still not just me, right? It's it's me, my small M mind, my ego mind, if you will, and it's the spiritual presence that is within, throughout, around, and acts as, you know, all intermingled with. Right. That's how I tend to look at it everywhere, always. And so that has made a huge difference when we yeah. talk about learning to trust a, a higher power. Part of it Absolutely. was just recognizing what is already there. Say, yeah, oh, it's, it's already that. there. We all have yeah. it, you know, but sometimes we have a lot of stuff um, piled up on top of it. We can't access it or we have a lot of stuff interfering with it. Like, I think I had a lot of, um, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of not trusting myself. And like you said, just not even knowing what that was, like where, how to distinguish that intuition from other feelings. Like I would get a lot of fear and anxiety and I would think that that was my intuition telling me that something was bad, but it wasn't. It was just a whole bunch of like, pathological fear and anxiety around things and so I had to clear a lot I had to work at clearing a lot of that stuff away before I could even begin to access that inner intuition you know I didn't because I, I couldn't distinguish what was the intuition and what was the fear and so I was thinking about this you know how do we develop this because like so many things in recovery and in unity these are principles that we learn but then we have to practice them and develop them. And the way that we develop them is by practicing them. So I didn't just trust the higher power because someone told me to. I trusted the higher power because the higher power tr proved itself to be trustworthy to me. I learned to trust my own inner guidance because my own inner guidance proved itself to be trustworthy. So I had to do this over and over, you know, if I had to make a decision or a choice or whatever, you know, and I would, you know, in early recovery, and I would use the third step and, you know, turn it over and, and seek that guidance, and then follow the guidance that I felt I was receiving, and see that it worked out better. That's when I began to trust and I had to do that over and over again, like, show me the money, you know, I mean, give, give me the yeah. proof, like, I'm not going to just trust this thing because a bunch of people say so, like, I had to see it pan out, I had to see it work in my life. And that that's how this works. You know, we say with so many things, try it out, yeah. but give it give it the old college try, you know, give it a real shot, give it a few chances. Um, and we believe that it will pan out for you. And when it does, your faith in it will grow. You right. know, but Make a real is, commitment. Yeah. You know, my, my favorite joke is I went to the gym once and all I got is sore and tired and I waited exactly <laughs> the same. So clearly it's useless. Yeah. Right? We have to make a practice out of these things. And, That's right. And give it three months. You know, when I, when I teach tithing, when I, when I teach how to experience a generous universe, Principle number one for me is I've got to show up as a generous presence in the universe. Yes. And the way I do that is I tithe because that gets right at the core of my fears around money. It allows mm -hmm. me to challenge that stuff directly. Um, and that's something where doing it once or twice is not going to do it. What The advice is try it for three months 
and then at that point if it's not working for you then go ahead and and move on you know yeah are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. I did want to talk about, because we're talking about faith here, right? And I wanted to mention Unity's 12 powers, because one of Unity's 12 powers is the power of faith. Mm -hmm. So Unity's 12 powers is a framework. It's a way of seeing our spiritual abilities that we all have all the time. And we're using them all the time, but we may not be aware of how we're using them. And one of these 12 powers is the power of faith, which is simply defined as the ability to believe or to intuit, like we're talking about, or to mm -hmm. or to perceive. And one of my favorite uh, quotes from the Bible is also a, this is a Bible's greatest hits. So even if you aren't churchy, you may know this one's from Hebrews chapter 11. And it reads, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What a beautiful description of this way of living, of trusting our higher power that shows up as gut instinct that's supported by our prayer practice and our dedication to a spiritual way of living. Uh, what a beautiful description of it, because that's where I would always get stuck before. If I can't see how this is going to work out, then I was afraid it wasn't going to work out. And then I was unwilling to take the first step mm -hmm. if I couldn't see the outcome. And so that, that built in me a, a really not so great need to be in control of everything, right? Because yeah. if I have to know the outcome before I can do anything, that just by definition means I'm trying to control a situation um, and did not have the ability to kind of go on instinct and let it unfold as it unfolds. Like you said yeah. before, trusting that whatever it is that happens, that that is the next right outcome and that I go from there, that I haven't made a mistake. Yeah. You know, like the we talk about spiritual GPS, you miss a turn, the GPS just recalculates. It doesn't refuse yeah. to talk to you. It doesn't call me names. It doesn't give me a timeout. You it know, it, it doesn't, doesn't say, oh, oh, now, oh, now you want to know where to turn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Last time I told you, ignore me. Now you want to know. Okay, fine. I'll get <laughs> back to you in a few. Tomorrow, I'll tell you again. And you can just think about that between now. My GPS never talks like that. And God is not like that. God is like the GPS. Go here. You ignore it. Okay, fine. Here's the next opportunity. Turn left at the next stop. For the very same end point. Yes. Isn't that amazing? It's such a great metaphor. I just love that metaphor. And, and it happens to me sometimes, you know, the GPS tells me to go in one direction and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think that's right. Or I miss it or whatever. And I can see it like recalculating. It's almost like, god or the universe going oh oh okay <laughs> nope she didn't follow that guidance okay let's recal recalculate you know recalibrate or whatever yeah it's a great metaphor for how things work you know you said something that um i think is a really big piece of this is letting go of the need to control 
letting go of the idea that there's a certain way things are supposed to turn out and that if I get it wrong, all is lost. I mean, that's a really just not effective worldview. No, I agree. It's not true. I mean, it's simply not true. I don't believe it's true. It hasn't shown itself to be true in my life Um, because that was a big trap for me. You know, there's this right thing I'm supposed to figure out and oh crap, I didn't figure it out. I did it wrong. And I mean, yeah, it just doesn't, I just don't believe the universe works that way anymore. And I'm really glad that I've come to have a different worldview, uh, you know, or different universe view of how I think these things work. I think we can't mess up. You know, we're just here to learn and grow and, you know, develop our, our relationship with the higher power and experiencing more oneness with the universe. And we just can't mess up. I mean, you can't, you can't mess up at this human thing, whatever happens. This is my way of viewing things. Now, whatever happens is ultimately for my highest good, because that's just the way the universe works. And it's just the way the universe is constructed. Now that doesn't mean that I can't make things a whole heck of a lot harder for myself or others um, in the choices that I make. But there's no messing up in life, you know, and and this just comes from life experience because it comes from choices that I made that, you know, I could look back at now and say maybe that wasn't a good choice or that choice brought me a lot of pain, but it also brought me a lot of growth. It taught me a lot of things and all of it has led me to where I am now. So you kind of just have to live this stuff for a while to start to see you know, how it works, but letting go and trusting that whatever is showing up is ultimately for my highest good. Trusting that once I've made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of the higher power, whatever shows up is just as it should be. It's all unfolding in divine order in a way that I don't even need to understand. I just need to believe it. Um, and that I can just relax and allow things to unfold instead of forcing and trying to make things happen. And this whole way of living that really didn't work very well for me. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how, because I might ask myself, and I agree with you that, that there are no mistakes unless I decide to call them that. I'm the one that right. kind of creates that. But instead looking at them as opportunities, because I might ask myself, you know, what what possible good is there in me drinking myself, you know, into recovery? Well, the good is that it has brought me to this place and allowed me to then to learn to live this way. Well, couldn't you have done that before? No, apparently not. Mm-mm. And there's, it's even straight out of our promises, that idea that we'll see how our benefit, uh, how our experience will benefit others. Yes. Right. That's it. So I, I can be helpful to others who are in the same boat in a way that someone who's never done this cannot be helpful. Exactly. And so that puts not just me, but that puts us all in a very unique and powerful position to be of great service to the world in ways that literally other people cannot do. I mean, as, as a recovering alcoholic, I don't, I don't trust people that haven't been on this path, especially if, I mean, if they're talking about anything related to alcohol or recovery, someone who's not in recovery wants to talk about recovery, that, that it's, it just, I'm sorry, 
<laughs> you're not it's like if you learn a foreign language and, you, and your accent's horrible and you can never get it any better it's like you're not fooling anybody if you haven't been where we've been we'll smell that a mile off of you. that's why that's why the the literature stresses that it's one alcoholic talking to another that's how recovery works not some good-hearted person talking to an alcoholic it's an alcoholic talking to an alcoholic only right. that works so what good is it that I have drank myself to this place? It's an amazing miracle yeah. that I have. There is no other way for me to get here. There's no other way for us to be of service to others who find themselves in any kind of related addiction situation than this path. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that the things that have taken me down the most in life, the the really painful bring me to my knees kind of things that have happened that, you know, I, I mean, I would have liked them to not have happened at the time. Those were the times that I most had need of God and this willful alcoholic isn't going to need God unless things get really hairy. You know, that's what it took for me to surrender and to really come to believe so powerfully and strongly that there was a loving God in this universe that wants, loves me and wants the best for me and wants to guide me, wants me to avail myself of its power and its guidance and its strength and its love. I wasn't going to get there by having things go real well for me, you know, and I don't mean to imply that God causes us pain so that we need God. And that I'm not even implying that it comes from God's end at all. That's that was my doing. You know, that's what it took to crack this nut. So as much as I don't ever want to go back to some of those times, trust me, I'm grateful for them because the most painful, broken down on my knees times in my life were the times that I forged an unbreakable bond with my higher power. That I knew that if I lost everything else in my life that the higher power would be there for me in that place of broken downness and on my knees and crying my eyes out and feeling like all was lost. I learned that in that moment, there is a power that is there for me, that loves me, that cares me, that cares for me, that lifts me up. And maybe I'll never have to get to that place again in life. And I hope not. But the fact is that I know it's there now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm grateful for those moments for that because I will never lose that now. God was there for me when all else was lost. And that is the foundation of my life today. Yeah. Now, if you can get there without having to go through that kind of hell, I hope you good, can good, because good, yeah, but, all power to you then. Right. More power to you. You know, I'm thinking about this. Con so we're talking about. Um, faith you know we're talking about trusting our inner guidance trusting our higher power is another way of looking at that because i believe that my inner guidance is coming from the spirit within me it's not my ego mind it's not my thinking mind right. it's coming up with these things it's it's the spiritual essence that underpins all of that uh, which is the source of it and so that connection you know i had to learn what it was and then learn practices to kind of grow my ability to more readily connect with it to kind of find it again more quickly to not you know not have to walk in the woods for an hour just to recontact it although walking in the woods for an hour is always a good thing to do <laughs> but i have other i have ways other than that or in addition to that 
to find my, to find, to get reconnected again. And all I can say is that if you're, if you feel like you're kind of earlier on in this path, or this is something that you're working on now, not quite sure how it's going to work for you, just know that it'll grow in you over time, yep. Yep. right? We, we can't just buy it off of a shelf. We have mm-hmm. to undertake spiritual practices, particularly of quiet time, contemplative prayer. You might call it mindfulness meditation is, is uh, pretty much the same, at least as far as this goes, uh, especially early in recovery. And and know that that will grow in you over time. And we find I know that I find it in quiet times. You know, I, I rarely encounter the spirit in a, on a busy street. It's not impossible, but I'm very easily distracted by all the sounds and the energy of other people and everything that's going on. Is that I find I find it easier to um, experience the presence of the spirit or the presence of God within me when it, when it's quieter around me, and I always try to remember that there's more going on than I can perceive Mm -hmm. at any given moment. Yeah. And that's all right. So taking quiet time on a regular basis, whether that means at a certain time you do a certain thing, like in a formal meditation or prayer practice, or whether it means just whenever it occurs to you, take a breath, relax your body, recognize that the spirit is present within, see if you can notice that and then move on with your day yep that in itself is so powerful and it's like we were saying from the beginning this is stuff that you practice you know the more i practice getting in conscious contact with the god of my understanding the more quickly i find my way back to that the next time right and the more i do it like you say you know i don't have to walk for an hour in the woods to find it you know sometimes it's more uh easily found than others that's just the nature of humanity of being human um but it's you know as they say with meditation but it's true of prayer or any kind of spiritual practice the more we do it we're forging a pathway back to that place you know we're just forging that pathway over and over and over so that when things do get hairy that pathway is already there and we can find our way to that place more quickly So it's just practice. Nothing comes easily in this life without practicing it over and over. And the more we practice these spiritual principles, the more they grow in us and they become ingrained and they become our, really our default setting. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't take me, yeah. Like everything can just still go kind of haywire, but it doesn't take me that long to get to a place of, okay, God, what's going on? You know, what, you know, to, to find my, to find that spiritual solution, it, it has become my default way of dealing with life. And so the more we do it, the more it just becomes the way we live. Yeah, I want to stress that on this journey, we're not trying to find something that wasn't there before. We're rediscovering what always was there. Mm-hmm. I just simply lost my contact with it. I yeah. forgot. I didn't yeah. know. And so this is a pro- a practice or a process of remembering that the presence of the spirit is always within, has always been within, even though when I was unaware of it and ignoring it, it was still there. Yeah. So we are finding our true nature or, or allowing it to be revealed by stopping the things that we do that block it. 
mm-hmm. from emanating. It's like I think of it as a, you know, a, a bright light. I can put a blanket and a lampshade and a coat of paint on it and say, what light? I don't see any light. Well, All the right. light's still there. Yeah. I just have to, oh yeah, take the blanket off. Don't do that with the paint. Uncover it. And it seems like, oh, it's shining out of nowhere. No, it's always been there and it's always been shining. I just yeah. stopped blocking it. Yeah. And that's in a sense what these practices do. Well, it is time for what we like to call recovery in a nutshell. This is in, this is when we uh, summarize the pieces of all that we have discussed and found most helpful in our own recovery journey. So this is like the elevator version of uh, our discussion over the last half hour. So Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, hey, in a nutshell, how can I learn to trust my inner guidance? What of everything that we've discussed, what kind of would go on your short list? Well, I think what I said before that um, just try it and see what happens. You know, um, this is something we do over and over again. And when we see that it works, then we start to trust it. It's like you can't you have to build that trust. You know, it's not it's not just there until, you know, we build it. And so um, it's just practicing it and seeing that it works. And that is true of all of these principles. Try them out, but give them a real try. You know, it's got to be a real try. Um, give it time. And, and especially if you're in early sobriety, you know, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that's getting <laughs> sorted out at that point. So we've got to give these things a real try. I want to add one other thing, and that is, you know, it's not just we that are seeking a relationship with the higher power, I truly believe that that source that we sometimes call God is also seeking us. That's important to me. I don't know why that that piece just feels really important to me to say that that which we are seeking is also seeking us. It's not like God is this hidden thing that's trying to hide itself from us and we've got to go searching, searching for us. It is also searching for us. It is seeking connection with us. So it's more of a meeting halfway. When you go looking for the higher power, you will find that the higher power is also looking for you and that there's a meeting that happens. So I don't know, that helps. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% on that. I'm glad you said that. Um, For me, in a nutshell, it's start with prayer. Uh, And what I mean by that is a contemplative kind of prayer, not a talking kind of prayer, but a listening kind of prayer. And And if you're not sure what that is, just start with a mindfulness meditation. That in itself would would be fine. Mm-hmm. And I have found it's important that I set an intention. Like think about what what outcome am I opening myself to? So I would say set the intention to be open to insights or ideas or flashes of uh, guidance or whatever it might be. Just assume that it's there and it's going to happen and set yeah. the intention to be aware of it when it does. Yeah. And then th- this this saying that we use in the rooms all the time, keep coming back. Keep coming back. This is never a one and done kind of thing. You could do everything I just say and then conclude, ah, this doesn't work. Well, you got to keep coming back. Keep doing it. And then you'll see that. Don't quit before the miracle, as we like to say. Right, exactly. Don't quit before the miracle. And learn to follow your, trust your gut instincts, whatever those might be. And and if you're not quite willing to do that, at least notice them. Mm -hmm. Become more aware of what they are and remember, oh, yeah. You know, my instinct was to do this, but I did that. I wonder what would happen next time if I follow my Mm -hmm. instinct. Yeah. 
Well, we have an affirmation to anchor all of this for you. And our affirmation is, I trust the spirit within me. I know what is mine to do, and I do it. And once again, I trust the spirit within me. I know what is mine to do, and I do it. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful. We hope you found something in all of our carrying on today that you find genuinely helpful, and we bless you wherever you are on your own recovery journey. Yes, and as always, we do invite your questions, comments, your wisdom, and your feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. We are so glad you joined us today, and we hope that you will join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, do not drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.